Oh, I forgot to press the button. And I pressed the button. That's so that's two <laughs> jingles together, but I was just enjoying the first jingle so much that I forgot to press the second one. Um, hi, Sam, and hi, George. Hello. Good evening. This is this is quite an exciting one for me because I'm doing the introduction on the fly. It's us three sandbagging it, brown bagging it, chatting about it. Um, we've got no guests and I'm quite excited about that fact because I love having the guests on, but actually sometimes mm -hmm. I just like to pick your brains and like to just get your takes on stuff. So what I thought we would do today is as I was just explaining to you off air, but for the purposes of podcast magic, I'll pretend I've never told you. What I think we should talk about today is purpose and habit and how you stay in exercise for the long term. Because actually, looking at our, if you've, lived, if you've looked at our podcast picture, the thing that goes out on our podcast recently, I hadn't looked at it for ages and I looked at it and it says, how to help you get into the game and stay in the game. <laughs> So actually, I thought, well, why don't we talk about that? Literally talk about why we think the three of us will be exercising for the rest of our lives and some of the things that have led us to that point, because obviously it'll be a it'll be a bunch of different things for for probably all three of us. So hey, what it says on the thing. Yeah, exactly. Ron bit Ron seal, isn't it? So how about this for a first question? And it's a bit of an existential one, by the way. It's not like an easy answer. You're going to have to like, I'm making this up on the spot. But what I'm saying, my first question, I think, is for both of you, why do you think you'll be exercising for the rest of your life? Big questions. <laughs> so I, I've got an addictive personality. If I didn't do exercise and didn't do triathlon i'd probably be a crack addict um but <laughs> that's the, getting leaped <laughs> the, the <laughs> a drug addict the <laughs> exercise is great for me personally it's headspace i can get out alone it's socializing i can go out with friends i can push myself to new limits um and also it, the feeling of crossing the finish line whether it's a local 5k whether it's a world championship race whether it's a training session and it's, you've just hit the time. It's just, it has everything and it's everything in one for me. And I, I do think I'll be doing some form of exercise till my body piles in just because I get so much out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree that there's, there's like, there's different components of it for me. I really like the, the, the fact that exercise can push you to your limits and you can really see what you're capable of mentally physically kind of with it whether that's in a race whether that's training whatever but i also at the complete opposite other end of the spectrum love that it just allows you to switch off and on a nice easy run in the countryside on the trails down by the river there's nothing more relaxing than, for me than just running on my own hearing nothing but the wind and the you know the birds and the trees and just being able to feel almost empty yourself of everything. Yeah, I think, and on that note, it can be emotional as well. Whether it's using visualisation because you've got a race or you have you know, suffered a bereavement, exercising can be emotional, not just because it's a tough training session. It can just help get those emotions out because of that headspace or 
talking to someone whilst exercising, it really can offer so much. There is so many different things you can get out of exercise. Um, yeah, it's a great drug. It is. It's probably better than crack, although I've never tried crack, so maybe I should try it someday, um, just <laughs> just for comparison purposes. Yeah. Th- th- one that of would be a video I watch. <laughs> one of my YouTube 30-day experiments. <laughs> ben tried How crack. How fast can I get? <laughs> <laughs> maybe I won't. Um, but yeah, I, I know exactly what you're saying. I, like, I, I find that I've got this weird relationship with exercise in that I, I, don't, I, can't, I almost can't verbalise it. I just know. I, I, I always explain it to people like I feel like I'm almost trapped in a positive habit. Like, I, when I was, I think it was, we were, I was talking about it the other day. When I was about 14 or 15, and when, when you were first allowed to go into gyms, but you weren't allowed to do the heavyweights, but you were allowed to go into gyms. When I was about GCSE year, first of the, first of the two GCSE years, I went, I started going regularly to the gym with my mate, um, Tim and I'd already I've always run in the cross-country team at school and stuff but starting that structure there something like clicked and it wasn't running necessarily at that point but it was like it was the very seeds of like building a habit and and it's morphed over the years I've I've I spent years playing football and then I mm-hmm. spent years doing weights in the gym as you can see I'm an absolute rig so that worked um but but i've always been almost trapped in structure in the most positive of ways and um i was wondering if you two had ever given any thought to almost almost like the origin story you know in you know in uh, marvel or in x-men they have these origin stories like uh, origin wise do you ever think how the hell did i get here like why am i so trapped in in exercise Go on, both of you. Go, what's, go on. what's really interesting is that you say that, and actually, and George mentioned it earlier as well about having an addictive personality. And I, I think genuinely, at some level, all of us are addicted to the endorphins that you get when you exercise. And I don't know about you, but if I have a few days off, or I feel like I have a, an extended period of time where I can't do something, whether it's injury, whether it's just lethargy, whatever, those endorphins that would normally keep you happy keep you motivated keep you feeling awake if you don't get those you're just grouchy tired irritable and i feel like actually in some basic scientific level we are relying on these endorphin releases that we get from exercise um yeah do you know the funny thing is i would i would almost class myself as completely opposite to addictive personality in that i don't drink i i could give up anything i wanted whenever i wanted i'm i'm almost certain of it except for exercise it's like i just know i wouldn't be able to give it up so there's obviously an addictive personality there but it's like it hasn't manifested in terms of any drinking or any or any of the negative side i think it's because well for me and i think maybe for you it's you've almost got unfinished business with with sport and with fitness if if you're just drinking there's might there's not maybe an end goal you're not trying to drink for 40 pints into two hours that's not your goal you're just drinking there isn't an achievement whereas i think for a lot of people in sport and for me especially your achievement changes the goal you want changes and you know the well-thumbed book the chimp paradox the goalposts of life always change 
first of all, you just want to do a triathlon. Then you want to do an Ironman. Then you maybe want to do age group. Then you want to do Ironman World Championships. Things change. And I think sport gives that, whereas other things might not have that or be as accessible. Fitness is very accessible. Um, yes, triathlon could be quite expensive, but just general fitness, running, for example, just get some shoes. I think it's quite a well-trodden path of people who have been addicted to something in their life, whether it's alcohol, whether it's drugs, whether it's to then find exercise and that becomes their vice almost um, yeah. in that they, they do that to cope. They do that to maintain their health and, and that, that becomes their other uh, reliance. Yeah. I think there's been a few professional triathletes who have been, you know, drug addicts. I think Lionel Sanders was one of them. Rich um, Rolls. Do you, do, you, do you know Rich Rolls, the um, famous ultra runner? He's got a really, yes. yeah, he, he was a hardcore um, alcoholic. You know, there are, there are many stories of um, addiction, um, alcohol or drug moving into sport. Um, and I think it's because it can be just as addictive, really, can't it? Because you can get the same buzz out of it. It's putting your time and effort in and getting the reward. So here's the big question then, I guess, coming off of the back of that. How... When people start exercising, maybe later in life, that, that don't come from, say, the, you know, alcoholism or anything, because that's not the, the well-trodden path, but it is a trodden path. How do you get new athletes? So anyone that would be listening to this that might be in the early days of their exercise, they're not... Lots of people always say that it's more painful and they don't feel that feel-good vibe that they expect to feel, that, that, that endorphin buzz that we now, like, almost rely upon. How do you get them to a place where they get addicted to exercise that's 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 the, you know when i said at the start of the podcast we talk about purpose and habit you know th these are two things i think are very powerful ways of reeling yourself in but i'd be interested in in your take on how you how you get people in the door and then get them addicted um it goes back to what we mentioned last week uh, celebrate the little wins so i think one of the ways i really got into it was when i was just sort of doing my own rough training schedule excel spreadsheet monday to friday and then literally crossed it off as i went and that's what kept me motivated when i was just starting out is crossing off just the training sessions oh i've done another week that was my mini win before then running a race and it's just it's just you're competing against yourself wherever it be how many training sessions can i do this week can i do 10 minutes more running today i think Celebrate the little wins. Don't focus on the marathon that you've got in nine months' time because maybe that's too far away and you might not not, get there. it's not going to get you out the door. Because, mm. you know, you've always got tomorrow to train or the day after or the day after. What after I think for a week's a period. Lot... Oh, sorry, George. You probably no, no, that, that, that was it. Uh, what I think really sets a lot of beginners aside from people who are in it for the long run is... I think part of it is down to pacing, actually. At the very basic level, a beginner would often go out and do their run or their cycle or their swim as hard as they possibly could and think, oh, God, this is so hard. Whereas I think when you're at a level where you're, you're kind of, you understand your pace is a bit better, you've maybe gone through those motions to be um, kind of consistent, then you, you know what's easy and what's hard. And, and those easy, enjoyable sessions are often the ones where you're going slowly, 
you're not focusing on your pace you're not focusing on anything like that you're just focusing on the joys of the outdoors of being free of being kind of giving you that mental headspace um and so what if what i would say to all beginners as a, as a tip for pretty much anything is just slow down um yeah enjoy slow it. down enjoy it yeah I was just looking up while you were talking because it just reminds me of our chat we had with Rob Griffiths, doesn't it? You know the 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 combi model, and and one of them, one of the the com. I was just trying to remember what they are. It's um, it's to change behaviour, which is the B. It's it's opportunity is one, isn't it? Um, motivation is one, and the C is the one that I was trying to think of and I couldn't remember. But it basically it revolves around <coughs> knowledge. It's not okay, but it's like, it's how much knowledge do you have when you start this? If you want to change a behavior, do you have enough knowledge to be able to change that behavior? And like you say, you've got these, you've got lots of beginners that come into the sport and just think they need to smash themselves session after session after session because they don't have the, the knowledge capability. That's it. Good man, George capability. It's, it's as simple as that. It's got his notes out. Yeah, and no, I appreciate it because I was struggling there. I was trying to look on my phone while we were talking and I couldn't see it. Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean you have to have a coach, but it does mean that maybe you part of the exciting, enjoyable process is like researching stuff, right? I, I've got written down actually in my notepad. Um, tell people your goals. It can induce a little bit of pressure. Yeah. And I find that so you see it on Instagram on social media all the time and it's like, oh yeah, keep your hustle quiet, you know, make them see when you're successful. No, you know, tell people what your goals are because then they can help you share your goal with you, especially if it's family. But also for me, it's that little bit of pressure holding me to account. You know, people know I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. People know I'm trying to do X, Y, and Z. I don't want to let them down on some levels. I don't want to be embarrassed when I don't do that. So there's all sorts of reasons why I think you should share your goals as well, um, especially as a beginner, because you might find there's people that want to help you or like it's just that induced pressure where you think, OK, people now know that I want to run a half marathon. So the pressure's on for me to get training and do it. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. Accountability, you said in there, which I think is a big thing in, is a motivating factor, isn't it? Yeah. And you don't need a coach for accountability. That's it. You know, the coaches are great for that accountability, definitely. But you don't need one for it. No, um, I was thinking while you were saying that, you know, in terms of, um, I suppose all of the points that we've made so far, and even I would add, you know, you have to find the joy in it early. You have, like Sam said, going out and hearing the birds and listening to nature and stuff. And I'm the same. I don't ever listen to music. I like go out and listen and like, I love that, but, um, I'm glad in a way that I found the joy in the early days because this, you know, the training that I'm going through at the moment to do this Ironman is like the least joyful process <laughs> I've been ever going through. And I hundred percent, and this is a, this gets back to again, you know, don't bite off more than you can chew. I guess if you're a new athlete, if I started with an Ironman, there is no way I would exercise after this year. <laughs> I, I'm, I just would be like, I'm not doing that again. And I'm not doing anything like that again, because I am just tired all the time. I ran a half marathon today. I had to get up at 5.30 to do the first 10K. And then after work, I did 11 and a half K because I knew when I usually run a half marathon at the weekend, I'm running a 10 mile race. And I'm so I'm not going to run, run the distance. It's like, That's crazy. But I'm trapped in the pattern. It's really good for sub 10 that. though. 
Mm, let's see. Finish. <laughs> it's, it's really interesting to say that though, because for so many people, their exercise journey starts with entering a marathon. And so many people start their running by saying, oh, I've, I've got a place in London Marathon. First of all, crap, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> yeah. Secondly, and then it's just, a, it's quite, uh, quite often quite a short-term plan they do. So it's maybe 12 weeks, something like that. Um, and so it's almost like a cramming rather than... It's like exam else. cramming. So you're cramming, you're cramming for your Ironman and it's, and it's not an enjoyable process. Um, I guess there's that extrinsic goal of finishing, getting the, getting the medal, getting the kind of finish time, showing to your friends, sharing, raising money for charity, whatever, whatever it is that kind of led you to enter it in the first place. That's a motivation. That's a, that's a kind of a standpoint, but it's not, it's not going to be something that keeps you in there long term. Like you said, you've always said this, you've got to find something else that you thrive off. Yeah. you've got to love the process because the goals you know if i if i only loved the goals i man copenhagen two years ago when i when i got hit by the car and broke the collarbone that's that goal done and the process was training for seven eight months to get me to that point and if yeah. if you fall in love with the process then you can go okay well the race didn't happen i'll go all over again and do it again but if you don't fall in love with the process if you only fall in love with the outcome then i think you're in trouble like it's all very extrinsic and that could, you know, outcome could be a race time, a PB, a pace that you want to run even in training, you know, all of those kind of things instead of going out and smiling or listening to the birds or, yeah. you know, they're different things. I don't think I've ever heard anyone after a marathon say, what you hear, you hear so many people say, oh, I love the race. I love the atmosphere. I love the environment, but you don't ever, ever, ever hear anyone say, I love the training for that marathon. Yeah, exactly. It's always, that was the worst six weeks, worst 10 weeks ever. Yeah. But the day was amazing. Yeah. And that's something you've got to take from it. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it isn't, it, once you get above a certain point, that train, training is an, a, an absolute joy. And to a certain point, I always think. And then after that, you're, you have to be very serious about it if you want to take it to, and it, I'm not blowing our trumpets at all. I'm not saying that, but to the, to the level that we've all taken it, you have to go to another level. Like there's another level of commitment and that's not about like, there's all lots of levels of commitment, but I am certainly not at this point enjoying my training, but I'm doing it because I know that I will enjoy the outcome and it's the process is fine. And I'm just lucky I'm attached to it long-term because this part of the process is the hardest bit when you go yeah. like to 10, 11, 12, 13 hours a week when you've got a full-time job and it's, it just slaughters you. Yeah, it's that full-time job bit. As I know, professional athletes train a lot harder than we do, but that's their job. Yeah. And I give, they, have, they can love it or hate it, that's fine. Um, but I think definitely for those with a job, that are pushing the hours, you know, people that are really training hard. It's, it's tough, you know, on not just the athlete, their family as well, you know, up at five into the pool at half five to swim, to get back, whether that be to walk dogs, look after kids, early start at work. You have to love that process, but the process can be dull, especially mm. if you're just doing training, which, you know, it's gradually increasing, whether the reps are getting longer or the speeds are getting quicker that's just consistent training. That's good training, but it can be dull. That's when 
dedication kicks in, you know, when the training's dull, it's nothing fancy, you're not doing anything cool and worthy of Instagram. You're just on the track alone at half six in the morning running repeats. Yeah. But so that sorts the men from the boys. So maybe we should reword that rather than the process, because I'm, like I said, I'm not actually enjoying the process in this Ironman block, but falling in love with process. Structure. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. It's it's not the process because the process can change depending on what you're training for. But the fact that you fall in love with process, as in structure, as in doing things day in day out, week in week out, month in month out, that make you a better person. That's probably the most powerful bit that kind of binds you to it. And if you have you two ever given any thought? This is again, this is going to be a deep existential question. Essentially, I, I this was this is how this messy happy was born by the way, I read a book about um, purpose, grit, whatever you want to call it. And you have to, and you have to peel back. There's sub layers. There is one thing above in your, both of your lives, and you may not actually know it yet. You may, but I did, I genuinely, I didn't discover it probably when, until I sat down and I had time, think proper thinking time. I didn't discover it till I was about 37, but there's a thing above everything that you do it, there's a thing above it and it every decision you make in your life is because this thing is there and every decision positive or negative is because this thing is above it it's this it is your purpose in life and it takes it takes all this kind of you have to write down and you have to think well I do that why do I do that I do that why do I do that there's this thing that most people can't see until they they properly analyze it um so mine is what I think mine is anyway from going through it is um, helping other po people fulfill their potential. So it's why I'm that ticks the box. That's why I'm a teacher, because it's the, I do that because I like helping kids fulfill their potential. It's why I'm a coach. It's why I have a YouTube channel, because I wanted to reach more people to help more people. And, and I, you know, I'm, I took a long time to be able to verbalize that. But that is literally how this messy happy was born. And I didn't find that till I was 37. But now, once you know it, you can start all the bits that don't take you to that goal. You can go, well, sod that, that's off, that's gone, bin that, that's not important. So I've managed to streamline my life in a lot of ways. So every, all the things I do only go to that. So, I mean, I just wondered if you'd ever kind of even, because I hadn't thought until I was way older than you guys about my purpose in life, but actually it's so powerful. I I don't know what mine is without giving it more thought, but I know what it's not. And unfortunately, it's not helping people. <laughs> I I do like to help people. And I like to think that anyone that knows me will know that I'll always help when I can. But I do know that I have to be selfish at times. Mine is more... I don't know. Mine's more about achievement, I think, and about my own ability. Um, yes, I like helping people, but there is there are times when I am selfish with my my training, or you know, it, I can't coach a session, say, for the local triathlon club because I need to do this training. You know, my training will always take priority over coach sessions for the local club. And if any of them are listening, I'm sorry, <laughs> but. Yeah, mine's not helping others, unfortunately. Oh, um, I, think I still will. I still, I still will help you guys if anyone needs it. But 
I'm just being honest. I think you'd be surprised. Because How I, did you work it out? Well, because I know you for a start, right? And I know that you coach a lot of people. You, you've you gone above and beyond army-wise, um, trying to sort out training camps and things like that. So I'm self. Don't get me wrong. I'm selfish in a lot of ways. It, it doesn't mean you don't be selfish. Like I, I, if my training takes priority, it takes priority and, and things like that. Yeah. So selfishness is part is, is absolutely part of it when you're a driven athlete, I think. But um, I did, I worked it out, I had to take literally a two week holiday and I thought about it every day. And it's one of those, you never get that kind of thinking time, do you? Yeah. I made myself think about it because I was so desperate to kind of I do something. I have not thought about it at all in the slightest. I've never thought about it. I've never, I'm not one for big existential thinking much at all. <laughs> um, uh, I, I would have to come back to you on it. I've got no yeah, idea. It, it needs time, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's not a I question. I kind of want to know why. It yeah. Now. It's not a question to ask and you're going to give me your answers right now. But I mean, I, I guess the reason that I asked it was not even to start you guys thinking because I don't want to send you through a loop and you're sitting awake at night going, oh my God, what's my purpose in life? But what I mean is, I think you'd be surprised when you peel everything back that or you wouldn't, you probably wouldn't be surprised, but your purpose is probably very closely in some way tied into exercise. It, it's, it's, it's in there, like, you know, my exercise allows me to make good YouTube videos where I race, which means I can then put them out there and put it on this messy happy. So like I, I'm tied in, in lots of different ways to exercise. I think you, the, 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 for us, the link will be quite strong. And if people want to get into exercise, I would just suggest finding a purpose or at least thinking about well what is it that drives you in your life and how can you make exercise a part of that like what could exercise do that takes you towards instead of away from that kind of purposeful thinking but yeah i'd be interested if people that were listening to this show tried this or at least i have to think of exactly which book it was that i read oh it was simon sinek find uh, start with why it was called start with why by simon sinek he's like my favorite author ever i think he's absolutely amazing and it was it was that book and he kind of teaches you to peel it peel things back and try and find your why and there was another book called grit by angela duckworth um those two almost set a fire off in me to to be i was just desperate to but like i say i'm like 10 years older than you two and i was like at that point i was just desperate to do something i, I felt like i was teaching and I was teaching kids and I was making a difference and I loved that, but I wanted to reach more people, which is why I went through that whole process. But I, I've, it's been a powerful tool for my exercise as well, because I'm so now tied into it all. The exercise is a huge part of that purpose. Do you feel like you, you always sort of had your purpose, knew your purpose without vocalizing it, without kind of internalizing it almost? You, 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 you just had it within you. And everything you did kind of worked towards that, or is that something you had no? To I honestly, don't. On? I don't think I ever. I don't think I'd ever thought about it until I kind of started reading almost like self personal development books, like self help books, and then it always says about how purpose is such a strong motivator and all that. And I was like, what? Why have I made all the decisions in my life that I made? Then, like, what am I? What's led me to this point? So I, I just started to try and peel it back when we were in Florida visiting my mates, and it just it took a while, and then suddenly it all just went. Bang. It was literally like a light bulb. I was like, oh my God. But it's it's a powerful motivator. Mm. 
definitely. Um, and I suppose leading on from that is what's kept me in the game, even when not purpose has faltered, but motivation has faltered, is 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 habit. And we've talked about that quite a lot, haven't we? Like our our habits that allow us to do exercise. So my, you know, mine are always simple stuff like I just make sure I do an hour a day. I I have all my kit laid out the night before, so it's easy. Yeah. Um, any what what kind of things do you do that that make exercise easy and a joy for you, day in day out? I think it's just that routine thing. So yeah make exercise easy kit ready the night before you know everything's prepped and good to go the area i'm going to exercise in if i'm training in the garage is clean it's tidy everything's ready to go everything's charged so then when i go to get on that bike in the morning i'm not stressed because the laptop isn't charged i'm not stressed because i can't find something make it easy especially if you're getting up early to train before work yeah and equally eat something make it easy that way just make your training accessible. Don't push it. If you've got an hour's lunch, don't try to get an hour's workout in. You'll only get stressed. Yeah. Take the stress away. What about you, Sam? I think, I think for me, it's exercise should be built around your life. It's not, it's not, it's not the be all, it's not the end all yeah. of anything. Um, and it, you do it for fun and you do it for enjoyment at the end of the day. And if you're finding, like you said, you're, you're stressing about your workout, you're stressing about cramming something in. For me, that's not that's not it. No. Um, and it won't so keep I people just, in it, will it? Sorry, it won't keep people doing it. No, you know exactly. So I just I I don't exercise in the morning because I don't enjoy it. I don't. I work out only in the evenings, only uh, kind of whenever I want to. Really, <laughs> I pretty much I've never really stuck to a plan. I just freestyle stuff because that's what. I enjoy. I've always liked your approach though, because you, it does, it leads you to be such a relaxed athlete. Whereas I'd, I'd say George and I are, the, uh, are kind of uber planners and like, you know, and I'm almost, I kind of look at you with a bit of jealousy and how even when we were used to race triathlons and we always say, you know, you'd rock up near to the start, you'd be so chill and then you'd just go off and, you know, win a race or whatever. And it, but it, you've got purpose wise in terms of your training, you've got it nailed. And, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the way I am as well, and I think George does. But it's it's a nice way to be when you you find a way you like. You know, forcing forcing yourself to do something, especially in the early days when you're just starting exercise. That's yeah. not the way. Well, actually, I saw a pro say something the other day. I think it was Cat Matthews said she was kind of breaking down when her most common training hours were, and she looked at the pros and she saw pretty much everybody swims between five and seven a.m. And she said, if I'm a pro, if I've got all day to do it, why should I wake up at 4.30, yeah. force myself to get out in the dark, in the cold, when I could just do it in the middle of the day and just have a great time with it? Uh, yeah, I um, couldn't agree more. And that's that's exactly the way I would, I would look at things. Just do what makes you happy. And, and I think, touch back to what we said last week, a happy athlete is A, a fast athlete, but also a long-term athlete. Yeah, great. Yeah, great shout. Not just faster, but long-term. God, there's some nuggets in here today, boys. I really feel like that. You know, there's there's a lot of our kind of collective, I suppose, knowledge and also the, the mistakes we've made and, and letting people learn from those because we've all been there. Like I, my first whole season, I trained too hard. <laughs> Every session was too hard. 
Can you ask me what my dream race is? Because I've got a really good answer. Oh yeah, please do. So this is how we're <laughs> going to finish. We just, I thought, I just wanted to ask you what your dream race is. If you could do any race in the world, what is it? Alcatraz Triathlon. Oh, we've had a guest that has done that. I know. Craig Lane has done that. I, uh, I, I'm tempted to enter the ballot. So I've subscribed to the newsletter now. So when the ballot opens up again, I'm putting my name yeah. in. Um, yeah, I don't fancy well, it because it isn't great. I've always, I've always seen that and thought it looked good. So maybe I'll throw my name in the ring as well. Maybe we should what do if that? we both get it? Fitness freaks, Alcatraz. Then it's a race, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Followed by a few cold lemonades in San Francisco. The dream. Have you, what's your dream race, Sam? I really love the idea of Xterra World Champs in Maui, just because it's a beautiful place. Mountain bike races are so fun, but really hard. And it's a great place to be on holiday. Go surfing and stuff afterwards. Yeah, Maui's an amazing place. Surely you could bag that. Like, you, surely you can qualify for that. You're a very good athlete. I think, yeah, I think the difficulty with me is the... Uh, finances <laughs> not the cheap trip no sponsor sponsored athlete fitness freaks but <laughs> get some sponsorship for fitness freaks fitness freaks has no money like we mm, yeah, that's <laughs> we true. can't give them anything well once we get sponsored <laughs> i'm gonna pay for some... play tickets in podcast mentions <laughs> <laughs> get some biscuit sponsors yeah <laughs> yes. come on now Oh no, we cut off. So the Zoom has finished, but um, whilst I'm here, whilst I have your attention, I'll just tell you very quickly my dream race. Actually, I, I've got to be honest, genuinely, I don't know it, but I think probably somewhere down the line, I'd like to do something like the Barkley Marathons or Big Dogs Backyard Ultra or something that really pushes me to not just my physical limits, but because I'm such a believer in mental limits, something that pushes me there. The, my only problem, my only thing is... I am so awful without sleep um, <laughs> that I don't know if it would be the best for me, but I would like to see how I fare. Anyway, hopefully you enjoyed that chat like I did. and It was a really good one, and um, I'm hoping that I blew Sam and George's mind just a little bit with the with the purpose chat. But if, if you've never thought of that, then um, use it as an exercise. Maybe, like, why do you make the decisions that you make? Why do you do the things that you do? What drives you? Because it is such a powerful motivator once you un unveil, is that the right word? But once you reveal your top purpose, you can start trimming away all the decisions that you don't want to make that don't lead you to that, and you can start adding things in that do lead you to that. Um, and that can keep you in the game long term. Thanks for listening, and if you have enjoyed the show, then let us know on the social media channels. There is an Instagram page that we um, put all the content out on. You know, you can contact me at This Messy Happy. I've put Sam and George's uh, contact information in the description for this show as well. So by all means, just drop us a line and let us know um, if you know your purpose or if you're looking for it or anything, any feedback at all, because it's just great to interact with everyone out there. And, and we're looking forward to chatting uh, next week.